We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, today is Wednesday, December 8th. As always, we are brought to you by WinBet. Thanks to WinBet for their exclusive sponsorship, gaming sponsorship all season long. My guest today is my good friend Andy Barron. So this is going to be a conversation with a friend. Looking forward to this. Uh, y- you might have seen Yahoo, uh, Yahoo's Andy Barron's before. Every once in a while, he's a little slightly uh, popular in, in, in our industry. Andy, what's going on? How are you? Uh, it is a pleasure to see you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, things are good. Things are good. Uh, I was just updating. Man, we've had a busy day. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on. Today. Yeah. Um, Wednesdays are always full of news updates and nonsense like that. People think it's it's glamorous and it's fun to work in the fantasy industry, and then you spend a, the better part of an hour, you know, getting Mark Ingram out of your lineups and getting Alex Collins into your ranks, and it's a slog. I, I, yeah. I gotta say. The good news is we get Alvin Kamara back into our uh, ranks too, and you know that that at least it looks like we did. He after a full practice from him today, and of course Mark Ingram going on the COVID. Let's start right there. A uh, big transition right there. Uh, yeah, Ingram out, and it's it was one of those things for me today where I had to remember which of the like you know twenty six leagues I'm in actually had Mark Ingram in lineups, and it turned out to be a disturbing number of them. But uh, Kamara's return is super exciting. Obviously, he's got the he's got the Jets. It's a it's a team that's allowed the most uh, the most rushing scores so far this year. I, I don't need to convince people that the Jets are a pretty good matchup. Um, and it's Alvin Kamara without uh, Mark Ingram in the way. So uh, right. that's that's particularly exciting. We get we get like a, another look at what exactly it looks like when Taysom Hill is on the field with Alvin Kamara, which was not always great last year. Although Kamara was playing through injury for part of that stretch of games that uh, that, that Taysom was the starter. So we'll see. They finished on a strong note. They started on a uh, on kind of a lousy note last year. So hopefully we get, you know, full regular usage Alvin Kamara, whether that's the 2021 version where he carries 20 times a game or whether it's last year's version where he carries, you know, 12 times and catches eight passes. Either one is fine with me. Exactly. And, you know, that they don't have uh, Michael Thomas. They don't have Mark Ingram. They don't have uh, Kenny Stills. They don't have Kenny Stills, Andy. Come on, that just changes the ranks too. <laughs> you, you you bury the lead. I hate it when you do that, but um, we you know it's a different Saints offense. Uh, and for that matter, you know we don't know how much Hill's going to throw. He's got the mallet finger issue, uh, and we'll see how that how much that affects him. So, uh, but you know, and they might not have his offensive lineman. That's the other thing that's kind of a problem. Yeah. You know, we saw last week against Dallas what a big problem that was. Yeah, I, a compromised version of Taysom Hill is so difficult to rank, right? Because mm-hmm. um, he can, you know, he's not he's not the best passer under normal circumstances when he's fully operational, and now he's got a you know damaged finger on his throwing hand. That's a problem. He's got a foot issue. That's another problem. So we're we're dealing with I don't know some percentage of a normal Taysom Hill, and of course he's also inclined to run at the at the whiff of trouble. So, um, but it's real. I mean, the guy's coming off. Uh, he had all these issues last week. And he rushed for 101 yards, right? It was right. The, the the perfect example of, you know, how fantasy scoring is broken at the quarterback position. Like, nobody should be able to throw four interceptions and have just an objectively poor game. 
and still score 27 fantasy points or whatever it was, but he can, he does like, that's, you know, that's probably your scoring system. It's definitely our scoring system outside of, you know, fishbowl. I was just going to say Scott fishbowl on line four there. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But that's, but that's it. Unless you're, unless you're in some sort of format that, that just punishes uh, giveaways, which we probably should, or you're in a format that accounts for accuracy, and we should probably do that too. Like I, I think Scott's scoring is is reasonable. Um, it's probably close to what it ought to be, um, but you know nobody's in a system like that. Like nobody plays with those settings. So Taysom Hill is going to be great. Yeah, that's a that's the one thing I love Fishbowl, and I love alter, the alternate settings that he has because I think it is a great system. But you're right, as far as using that as a, a, a uh, means to give advice it's not the greatest but uh but at the same time i love that it forces us to dig into the corners a little bit more and f- find some more viable players you know and also value the quarterback position probably my biggest yeah. pet peeve in fantasy football is one quarterback i i understand you only play with one on the field at a time in life but it's also the most important position in the in the game and it vastly diminishes the value of them there so i'm so happy to play in super flex leagues yeah, it's why it's why I've really enjoyed Scott scoring this year. And I, I actually don't think that Scott is totally happy with it because he's, you know, there have been a number of weeks where like, you know, Patrick Mahomes throws multiple interceptions. All of a sudden, perhaps in an otherwise good game, um, he he ends up with a terrible, uh, terrible number. So I'm not I'm not sure that Fish is even totally thrilled with his scoring settings this year, but you know, for me, it was the Blake Bortles season, right? It was it was a year right. in which we had a quarterback literally lead the league in time sacked interceptions and fumbles and he was like the QB4 right like we've got things to fix when <laughs> when yeah. that's our scoring well Jameis Winston 30 for 30 i mean that's another perfect yes. example of that uh you know 30 interceptions just mind blowing <laughs> just mind blowing to think about how bad you have to be to throw that many interceptions but uh and yet he was considered a safer option for the Saints this year before he got hurt that that that's yep. just one of life's rich ironies there uh, so, yeah, the Saints providing a bunch of news for us. Uh, the Jets earlier provided news for us here, too. Unfortunately, Elijah Moore's picked up an injury, and he's been on such a nice roll for us. Yeah, I don't I don't have, you know, I don't have, like, positive spin here. I don't I don't have no. a Jet that you should go out and grab. You know? no, it's, no. It's not a normal team, right? Like, okay, what does this mean for Jamison Crowder? Uh, is probably his standard six-catch, 42-yard game, right? I'm not, I'm not unusually enthusiastic about any, any of the lesser Jets. Um, it's just one of those situations where if they don't have their bona fide stars, it, it's just that much more miserable. I don't, I don't, I'm not encouraged about it. You know, we might not get... We might not get Tevin Coleman this week. Um, right. I wasn't. I didn't have big plans for Tevin Coleman anyway. Um, uh, Ty Johnson seems like a fine start against a generic defense, but he's not getting a generic defense. He's getting the Saints, um, so he's getting one of the stingiest run defenses out there. So there's just not. I mean, there's just not a lot to like here. It's good. No. So it's good news for the Saints defense. Um, I'm, I'm starting them in a bunch of places. I would encourage other people to start them in a bunch of places. There's just nowhere to go with the ball. Yeah, steady heaping of Zach Wilson to Keelan Cole, and who who doesn't want more of that? Uh, but you know, it's it's funny they start. You know, maybe finally this gets Denzel Mims on the field, but maybe unlikely. I don't know, but I I, I still have this like little soft spot thinking that Mims is going to be something someday. But uh, it's just, I yeah. feel like he never got a fair shake. But I don't know. When you can't crack that, it's it's hard to say. Um, but that that's. That's a big one. The The Niners are another situation where there's just all sorts of chaos going on. Is Debo going to play? Is he not? They say he's going to maybe practice later this week. They hope to have him, but he didn't practice today. Elijah Mitchell's in the concussion protocol, and he's bothered by a knee now all of a sudden. You know, and this is a pretty good matchup against the Bengals. They're going to be missing Logan Wilson. Yeah, um, man, Debo's got to play, right? Because this could be like we've been joking um, on Twitter. At least I've been joking on Twitter a little bit about the notion of Debo Samuel actually picking up running back eligibility. But this this could be the week that cements it, right? Um, right. Because it it doesn't look. Who did, who did they sign today? They elevated Brian Hill, maybe. Yeah. Um, right. Like he's everybody's that's... threat. It's like okay, if you don't heal, we're gonna play Brian Hill. If yeah. You don't be careful. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like that's a, that's a sign when they, when they yeah. do that on a Wednesday, a Thursday, um, that is definitely a sign that they are not optimistic about Elijah Mitchell, because as you say, he's got the concussion and then he picks up a midweek injury. It's not good. Um, but, but there's a path here for Debo to come back and get 15, 16 carries. And if he gets, you know, if he gets a significant number of carries and they aren't just like jet sweep type carries, 
I don't know. Do the Niners list him differently? Does Yahoo have to do something with him? That seems crazy on the brink of the fantasy playoffs, but he may actually function as a running back this week. If it's not him, it's like Jamichael Hasty in the backfield because Jeff Wilson also had a, his knee flare right. up last week. So he's he's no lock. Um, you got to add these guys, right? Like you probably got to take a flyer on Hasty if it appears that he's going to be the only functional running back for them. Um, he'd be interesting, but it, the, this to me is all about like what what Debo is actually able to do. Yeah, I want to be quick about Hasty, but yeah, you know we could see that there, or I could <laughs> I could preach on and on about Trey Sermon being on the IR, but uh, you wouldn't want that either. These are the these are the most Jeff Erickson jokes of all time. Right? I know they are right, and they just they just present themselves <laughs> there. All the kids love them. Uh, I know I'm told that at least that uh, very popular the younger crowd. Um, Somewhere it, your your daughters are like rolling their eyes and they don't even. Know oh why. yeah, they're at they're at high school now. It's it's, it's crazy. <laughs> I have two high school girls. You've got a college girl. We're we're old, dude. We're old, Make but sure. uh, it, it's awesome uh, at the same time. It's lo- I love seeing that every stage of development so far has been awesome with them, uh, including their embrace of the the dad jokes. At least my younger one, Aaron, appreciates my dad jokes. My Alex daughter's playing like fantasy now. Like my daughter, like we we have um, some of our uh, some of the communication that I appreciate the most is like a Monday morning when she hits me up for potential ads in her eighteen team league. It's phenomenal, dude. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Is and. There you go. And, you know, there she's actually picking up, thinking about ads sooner than anybody playing on Yahoo, where you have to do those <laughs> Tuesday night pickups there. But, yep. uh, yeah, uh, that's awesome. That's really cool. Is this a college league or friends from high school? It's a, what is it's it? a college. It's a college league. It's like her uh, it, it's her teammates on the cross country team. And I thought it was just, you know, it's like the first fantasy league she's played in. And it's just like a bunch of college kids. So I was like, well, this is probably an eight team league or a 10 team league or something like that. And she had the draft and wanted me like, available online while she was drafting and i had a i had a competing draft going on that i was like 16 team league i gotta focus on this thing so okay Mm -hmm. but i'll answer your questions and then it turned out it was like the most complex 18 team league that would that would be at least the second most complex thing that i was in um and this is like how she's getting her feet wet in fantasy anyway like all teams look terrible in an 18 team oh of course of course yeah i'm in a 16 teamer and it, well, it is terrible, but it looks even worse than Farmville. I mean, it, I, it, it's one of my two bad, really horrifically bad teams. You know, I, I guess I got some injuries, uh, you know, like before the season started. That was a Gus Edwards team after, you know, it was you know, after the first injury there. After Dobbins injury, I thought, OK, I'll take Gus Edwards in the fourth round or something like that. And a 16 teamer when it's a long way home before you get your next pick. Yeah, that didn't work out so well, but. Yeah, we actually aced her draft, but uh, then Derrick Henry got hurt. So it's uh, we're just we're just trying to stagger into the playoffs here. Okay, well you know just get hot at the right time. There you go. Uh, well, look at Tennessee's running back situation there. Do you like Hilliard this week? You know, one of the tricks to that running back situation is that I think Jeremy McNichols is going to come back, um, and that's that that's kind of a problem for everyone because um, yeah. they you know. Hilliard basically stepped into his touches uh, a few weeks ago and then right. performed so well that Brable was like, oh, we got to get him more touches. But, I, you know, I think all three are going to play and we probably need this thing to be down to two guys. Right. Because neither like no, nobody here is great. Obviously, nobody here is Derrick Henry. Um, Deontay Foreman gets tackled by the first guy who makes contact with him every time. Um, so, like, I think he's I think he's fine as a guy who might get a dozen carries. And if he breaks, great. Um, but there's nobody here that I'm that I'm really secure in. It's not even a bad matchup or anything, right? Like I should be I should be somewhat enthusiastic about this, but I I liked it a whole lot better when I thought it might be two players. But it but a three man committee is a bit much. Yeah, it's funny. We had your your colleague Scott Pianowski on the Sirius XM show to, uh, show today, and he said the same thing. You know, you wanted to get it to two. We were talking about Buffalo. Uh, but yeah. same thing applies, you know. And you, know, you look at that. We've been looking. We'll talk a little bit more on ranks in a bit, but. Running back situation. There's Seattle. There's Buffalo. There's Tennessee, and all these three man units. And you, you can't. Just, and the thing is, these are the guys that are available. If you have Jonathan Taylor this week, you got to pick him on one of these guys. You got to like hope and pray that Rashad Penny is going to be worth something with a good matchup against Houston, or you hope that Hilliard has another. You know, they build off of what he did. Even you know, he played well against the Pats, but for that one fumble. Right, right. Um, had, had a long, had a long scoring play. Um, fun player, fun story. Right, I, I'm right. Very much out of nowhere. He's probably the guy that I like the most. Although I right. feel like you know, 
I feel like McNichols could just could just really surprise us at the end of this thing and end up out snapping everyone else. And if anybody's going to get 80 yards, maybe it's him. Hmm. That would that would that would gum up the works because I I guarantee you that your league's not handicapping it that way either. They're probably right. handicapping right. Hilliard first. Uh, we'll keep on talking about more news and notes and Week 14 ranks, but first, quick note from Andy's company, Yahoo. The NFL season is heating up, and Yahoo is going big on daily fantasy football this season. There will be a ton of big prize contests. Harley's really excited about that, too. You can tell. Super excited about it, yes. yeah. There will be a ton of big prize contests throughout the year on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contest now being shark-free. No Andy Barons in your pool. Look, lucky you. Uh, to celebrate, Yahoo is going big on DFS as well as Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark-free. Yahoo is giving all users the opportunity to claim free $10 in site credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 site credit offer to join any paid contest, including Yahoo's biggest contest, the weekly $1 million DFS NFL Baller Contest. The weekly $1 million contest features $1 million in total prizes, including first place receiving $100,000 and tons of overlay and prizes. Play daily fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer to get started. I'm here with Andy Barons from Yahoo. You can hear Andy on the on the uh, Yahoo forecast. Tell us everybody. Uh, tell us uh, when you can hear you guys on that. When it airs, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, yeah, five days a week. The Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. It's a podcast and a forecast. Can't beat that. You get two casts right. um, for the for the pri- for the low price of no money. Um, right. So it's really fun. I do the uh, I do the recorded on Monday. Hits your ears on Tuesday. I do a, a pickups podcast with Pianowski each week. Um, but there's there's two of us two of us on each show. Different little theme for every day of the week, um, and we have a good time with it. Yeah, and you, you got a stack stack roster there at Yahoo. Uh, so many good analysts uh, and friends of ours, and also Dalton. <laughs> Come on, it's only list that's supposed to pick on Dalton. I already hear enough of that. <laughs> Are you, have you been caught up though in the whole uh, the team of destiny stuff with them? I didn't like. I, w- I was only taking it so seriously until the last couple of weeks, and now it's a you know now it's a real thing that may happen. Right now, Dalton may end up like on a yacht. God knows what Liss would do with um, like he shouldn't be allowed access to that kind of fortune. He's already yeah. He might move to a, a foreign country. Or so. Oh wait, never mind. <laughs> he might go to space. Like there's a. I feel like Chris List might be the first fantasy analyst to actually send himself to space. Yeah. He might um, blow the whole thing on that. Intergalactic edition of Rotowire Fantasy Sports today. <laughs> and we can make it happen there. All right. Um, let's talk a little Lions, because why not? Uh, TJ Hawkinson's dealing with a hand issue. DeAndre Swift didn't practice uh, today. And, you know, it's an AC joint sprain for Swift. I don't count on him playing this week, but the Hawkinson thing kind of came up with something new. Yeah, we shouldn't like we shouldn't panic on Wednesdays, right? Like it's True. generally it's a great sign if your guy goes on a Wednesday, and it doesn't mean much of anything if your guy doesn't go on a Wednesday. We all know that Friday is the is the practice day that everybody should focus in on. Um, I'm I'm uptight about it because, as you can imagine, my fantasy portfolio is full of Iowa tight ends. It's basically Kittle and Hawkinson all over the map. So yeah, uh, so I need him to go. He was awfully busy this past weekend. Um, he's been. I don't even know if I should, in a season in which Kyle Pitts hasn't even approached expectations, I don't know if I should consider TJ Hawkinson a hit or a miss or just sort of a solid, I don't know, single. Um, he's he's been, he's been fine most of the year. He's been about as good as anyone could possibly be given the offensive right. context in Detroit. Um, so I'm certainly hoping he goes. There's no, it's another situation where there's no, you know, there's, there's nobody that steps up and you're like, oh man, I've been waiting for the opportunity to start who? in uh in in detroit if you know eight targets become available so i'm not it's not particularly actionable we just need to really really hope that hawk can play yeah we've i mean we've only recently gotten some more activity from uh, st brown and uh you know they added josh reynolds those appear to be the two top whiteouts now which speaks volumes but also at least we have some that, definition that felt like a signature game for st brown and i wasn't Did even it? you know i I wasn't even somebody who was super in on him coming into the season, no. but he caught almost everything that came his way, held on to the game-winning catch, right? Like, like tough yards, tough catches, really impressive performance. So that that felt like, and it was also a significant target total, and the the kind that we probably just need to react to, right? Somebody sees double-digit targets, you probably got to, you know, if you're in a deep league, you probably got to add that. 
Um, yeah. So it really felt like a like a like a, a signature, you know, finally really hit the fantasy stage. I, when I was doing my ranks for this week with uh, him, I was like, OK, I want to see it again. But then I started looking at the other receivers. And I'm like, OK, he's in my top 50. OK, fine. I, he's there. Like I can't put Tim Patrick over him as much as I like Tim Patrick because he's getting like three targets a game. Yeah, the, I, the really, dem- I really feel. I don't know that I felt this way in a long time, but I feel I feel this way at running back too. At a certain point, it shut like receiver just goes off a cliff. Yeah, like you're really happy doing ranks, and then and then and then boom, Marvin Jones shows up, and it's all downhill from there, right? Like it's it's terrible thereafter. It's sooner than that, it's like after twenty. Like what do you I mean, what do you do with DK Metcalf? I mean, DK Metcalf is a <laughs> yeah, great yeah, player. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, yeah. but you can't count on him every week, and it's not as no failings of him. It's just. Russell's just not the same. I what do you do with Javar, Jarvis Landry? Okay, he's 25. He's going to get plenty of something, but is that worth anything? <laughs> I, I just, you know, Brandon Cooks is getting Davis Mills targets. Yay! What do I do with exactly? That? Yeah. Exactly. The Seattle thing is such a problem. The Seattle thing is is because yeah. they don't do anything creative with Metcalf, right? They're not right. just. They don't. They don't really manufacture touches for him. They're, we're not. We're not running a few wide receiver screens just to get him involved, right? They're, they still send him on go routes all the time, and it's it's a lot of the same boring stuff that defenses can react to. It's maddening. And then Russell, like, you know, for all the problems that we have with Russell Wilson, I, I feel like the biggest um, is that he is just simply not running anymore, mm-hmm. and, and we almost need to think of it like I think he's out of the dual threat quarterback club right like i mean he's just averaging like three carries for 15 yards a game i don't think he has a game with even 35 rushing yards this year and right. like i don't know it's here we are it's week 14 like it's if it hasn't happened now it's not gonna happen he and dak are both way down on running um and with dak you understand he's coming back from a destroyed ankle and you know mm-hmm. he was and he also dak was mobile but he wasn't a runner. He's not like Kyler Murray. He's not like Lamar. He's not like Taysom. He, Hill. he was like inside the five mobile, right? Yeah. Like he would he would take carries at the goal line and he'd score five or six touchdowns a year. But you didn't. Right. You weren't counting on fifty or sixty rushing yards from him. But that was always you know the appeal of of Russell is even in a even in an off day he might run for 45, 55 right. yards. Going back to uh, the receivers, when we were talking about St. Brown. Here's a question that's actually in the in this neighborhood here. Need a flex and his options suck. He's looking at St. Brown. Reynolds, Penny, or Beasley. You know, the, this this is that neighborhood we're in. What do you think about that grouping? Um, yeah, that's that's probably St. Brown or Beasley for me. Was it was yeah. it full PPR? Uh, it, maybe it, I shouldn't it, even care. Like maybe the yeah, yeah for PPR league. Your favorite. I mean, I yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love a league where a ten yard run is valued the same as a catch for no gain. Love it. I mean, that's, yeah. that's perfect. That is exactly how the game exists in real life. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to overreact to the to the game that St. Brown just had. And I, I, I do feel like he was somebody that we need to pay attention to and we need to we need to consider adding. But obviously the 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 upside for Buffalo's offense in any given week when they're not in a playing in a wind tunnel, right, is is significantly higher. And I feel like I feel like Beasley is where I would go there. Yeah. I'm kind of slightly low-key intrigued about Penny, depending on what happens with the rest of that backfield. But that's the problem: is what happens with the rest of the backfield. But that got a little bit Houston. messier with, yeah, it got a little bit messier with Alex Collins coming back. To, not that we should yeah. worry about, not that Alex Collins. I mean, on his best days, like ten carries and forty yards. But I mean, if that's we t- we talked earlier about Tennessee potentially being a three-man backfield and how that puts it kind of, uh, you know, in the in the dumpster for me um it but seattle as a four-man backfield which is which is where we might be you know that's just i don't know is penny getting goal line carries is adrian peterson getting goal line carries do we care are they going to get to the yeah. goal line um that gets really messy and it's the worst run defense in the league too one of my favorite things last week was everyone dunking on ian Rappaport for calling the adrian peterson signing a win now signing uh yes that 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 cracked me up they did win by the way oh they won uh but uh 11 for 16 it's just hard to get more washed than that. Yeah, that is, I mean, that is like the Matt Asiata line, right? Like that's yeah. <laughs> it's a short list of players who, who produced lines like that uh, continually and remained in the league. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it, it's not, it's, it's sub Eddie George level now at the latter days of Eddie <laughs> George. And that was sad too. Um, let's quick note, a uh, quick another note here real quick before we move on. Uh, if there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire, it's making good decisions, and even more so, making the right decision. 
Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive gaming sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly inter- interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in seven states Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W Y N N B E T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. I want to thank WinBet. They've been uh, sponsoring us all fall season. We appreciate that there. I'm here with Andy Barron's. Uh, you can catch Andy on Twitter. You can catch him on Yahoo. You can catch him on the uh, Yahoo Fantasy Forecast. Great stuff, five days a week. Uh, so look, you know, happy to have that. Andy also does a lot of stuff with the FSWA. He, uh, you know, he's been running the Hall of Fame program there. Uh, the and uh, you know, that's it, it's been fun to see that because your colleague and our our good friend Scott Pianowski is getting in this year. Uh, Scott's long deserving. He's he's been doing this as long as anyone. He's a multi-sport uh, writer. Uh, I, I should be talking to him about it, but I'm talking to you about it because we're both good friends <laughs> with Scott as well. Yeah, I was I was super happy for Scott. I'm by the way, I'm not like I'm not like part of the discussions when when Scott gets right. Of uh, course, when, when Scott was voted on, that's not that, that's it. I'm you know I'm separated from that. But, right, uh, and I, I, and I want to make clear I wasn't implying I was implying you weren't pulling the levers there, but at the same time, I more want to highlight the amount of work that you do to try, to highlight good work in our community. He's it's uh you know I was just thinking about this like I feel like Scott and and you and I are like of that prior generation of fantasy analysts when you were sort of expected to cover multiple sports, right? I'm still I'm yeah. kind of jealous of all the of all the specialists, the people who get to dive into football year round, right? Or they're on baseball year round and we're yeah. just bouncing back and forth whatever's in season. But Scott uh, like takes it to a different level because Scott is on hockey, Scott will do golf, Scott'll do, you know hoops. Scott'll even. do things that, that yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah, Scott and I. So Scott and I played in the same hockey league for over twenty years. We played in the same golf league for over twenty years. It, it's crazy, and he's he's great at every single one of them too. He's the defending champ. He's, that's a good league. point. Like Scott's a good player, and yeah. there are there are people who invest so much of themselves in the analysis part of this that they like their their leagues become a bit of an afterthought. Scott is an absolute shark. Scott is a Scott is almost always the best player in any group. You said you're in 26 leagues. Was that an actual? Was that a hyperbole, or was that your actual count this year for? Football? No, that's my that's my actual league count. Those are my like season long. Yeah, those are all managed leagues. Not any best balls in there, right? No, no, no. That's not the that's not the best ball portfolio, which I've long since forgotten about. Um, right. The, yeah, those are those are just the ones that I have to like dive into each week, and it's it's not problematic until you because you know I do this all day, so it's not that big a deal. It's also it's just football, right? It's not like. Mm-hmm. It's not like managing 26 hoops or baseball rosters where you just got to be on it daily, right? And you have to prioritize them in weird ways. It's manageable, except when a fringe player um, is probably going to be out and you have to think of like the three leagues in which you own that fringe player. <laughs> that's that's where I that's where I stumble. It's the Mark Ingrams of the world getting ruled out that really hit me. Right. Because like I do a spreadsheet during draft season, you know, where it's just a Google Doc where I list all my players by position and all that. But then after two months of transactions, that's moot. You know, I can't, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like, I, there are times I go to pick up a player and he's already on my roster. That's happened multiple yep. times. We're in an auto new league together there. And I know I've done it there a couple of times. Like, oh, where is he? Oh, there he is. He's on my roster already. Okay, fine. But uh, how do you manage your you teams? What, what's your you can't hope to remember those rosters too, right? Because no. that's like forty guys. Super exactly. fun league. A, yeah. a great group of uh, a great group of managers. But uh, but you can't hope to remember everybody you've got there. Right. How do you main like what What's your process? Do you have a process where you try to maintain who who's on what rosters? What, how do you do this? Well, at some point they prioritize themselves, right? Like that, I, mm-hmm. I will say there's like five or six leagues that I, that I jump to initially. Like, um, you know, if I, if there's breaking news, if there's something actionable that's happening right now, there's, I've, I've got like my sort of 
core group of five or six leagues that I know I have to hit and where I know people will actually be available. A fair number of these things are dynasty leagues where there's just no one available at any time. Right. So it, right, it doesn't, of course. nothing, nothing is ever actionable until we're drafting rookies. Right. Um, so the, the rest of them, you know, they, they weed themselves out. I, you know, you have, you have three or four where you just have no luck at all. And, you know, I'm still, I'm still setting lineups, but Hey, if it, you like I'm five and eight or whatever, I'm not, you know, I'm not, not prioritizing those things, but the rest For of sure. them. Yeah. 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 Uh, and yeah, you're right. Yeah. Nothing sadder than a dynasty league free agent period there where you're just like, Oh, I need somebody this week. Oh no. Oh man. It's just, yeah. We're it's, like it's great. three. T- I, I have a couple of leagues where like three times this year, Adrian Peterson has been the name that, that bubbles up to the top <laughs> of the, you know, I saw someone spend 450 of their fab on them in my dynasty league and then drop them two <laughs> oh, weeks man. later. It's like, Oh, oh man. Yeah. But what else are you going to spend it on? That's just the point. Uh, yep. and there are $0 bids. So anyways, uh, looks like we got some breaking news actually. And thanks to J red for this. I'm going to confirm it here. Confirm, but verify. We already had Keenan Allen on the COVID IR. Mike Williams is also on the COVID IR for the chargers. So, oh no. Uh Brutal. Chris Harris, too, for the Chargers. So that is bad. So I already have picked up Jalen Guyton in a couple of places. Man, it, it, what do you do? I mean, how? because there's such a quality. There is a qualitative difference. You can't just slot in the next guy. Yeah, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, both. Those, those aren't those aren't roles, right? Like those right. Are, <laughs> it's not like just like, oh, the Keenan Allen role. Someone will just scoop that up. You know, the Mike Williams role, the the guy who's open even when he's not open. Um, right. That's not that's not like a, a, a system generated role or anything like that that someone can step into. It's got like, you know, and we might not be done here. Right. I mean, it's a covid breakout. So, um, you know, we're, we still have to wait to see if it hits Guyton or Josh Palmer. Right. But those are the those are the next two men up. Um, and it just looks better and better all the time, I, I suppose, for Austin Eckler, um, who was probably already the RB one coming into the week, assuming yeah. assuming he's healthy and good to go and is certainly the RB one if there's no Allen or Williams. Uh, 100% agree. Uh, and you might start seeing like Parham and Cook be used a little bit more frequently yep. too. Uh, yep. Just because Josh Palmer fills the off his hands into an interception role. But uh, that, that's <laughs> it's an obscure but important one. Uh, <laughs> it's impactful. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're going to start digging in a little bit more and more. So I don't know. Um, it, it's going to be pretty tricky to see that there. And meanwhile, the Giants, they might be having Glennon out there. It sounds like he might clear concussion protocol in time. Otherwise, we see Jake from State Farm. I mean, uh, it's – I want to see Jake from, to be honest. We know what Mike Glennon looks like out there. I'd like to see something different. Yeah, I mean, you're either getting you're either getting Jake Fromm or you're getting Mike Lennon with a head injury. So the Chargers D seems like the streaming defense for me this week. Um, I, I think they're I think they're a better and better. Like I'm not I'm not deterred if Mike Lennon comes back. I'm not like Same. oh man, Same. I can't believe I added the Chargers for this and now I have to face Mike Lennon. You know, there's nothing to worry about there. I actually ranked the Chargers as my number one defense this week going in, yeah. but taking away Chris Harris might change that a little bit. I don't know, but especially because there's so many good options this week, Tennessee against Jacksonville Broncos against Detroit. Although Detroit looked like a NFL offense, but that might be the Vikings making them look that way. But uh, even the chiefs against the Raiders, I like again this week too. You know, one thing I thought was, um, and I listen, I understand it's always difficult to carry two defenses, anything like that, but the, one of the most added fantasy assets in Yahoo's game over these past couple of days has actually been the Green Bay defense, um, yep. which is like a legit real life good defense um, that scores for us in fantasy and is it is actually good at like this isn't some, you know, hey, they're, they're good for a week as a stream because you're playing the Lions or whatever. Like this is a legit good defense that is actually now getting some of its best players back. They were down to like 30% rostered. And of course, everybody scooped them up over the last few days. But like, keep an eye on the wire in your, there's again, this is the last of the bye weeks. There's four teams on bye. Um, like the Patriots were one of the most dropped, uh, not, not a ton. I think they're still like 80 some percent rostered. Um, but thousands of leagues, like the Patriots are hitting the wire. You know, Ramondre Stevenson is hitting the wire. Um, useful fantasy commodities are hitting the wire in a week when, you know, it's like you, you lose and you're done, right? Like there's yep. high stakes in this thing and anybody on a bye week can't help you. So I understand why some of these drops are being made, 
Right. Um, but if, if you're sitting there at, you know, nine wins and you're already in the playoffs, like you, you should take advantage of this. Yeah. And if you're scrambling for the teams could be scrambling for the playoffs this week, not want to use the Rams against Arizona, they might cut them to mm-hmm. pick up the Packers. So pay attention to see if the Rams happen to be available yep. next week too. Uh, I might be speaking from experience here in one case here, or I am scrambling <laughs> to try to make the playoffs and I didn't want to start the Rams this week. So uh, you know, there, there's options. The Jair Alexander could come back this week too, which is pretty big. The, the counterpoint is, it's you're not you're not going to have Andy Dalton throwing left-handed passes anymore. So it, it's going to be Justin Fields. So I, I I know that you're a big fan of Chicago quarterbacks, and also I know if this is too soon, I apologize. But uh, I actually thought that Fields was showing some signs. Uh, that Pittsburgh game on Monday night looked he was really good. The Niners game he looked really good. Uh, I think there's some some reason for optimism with Justin Fields, at least. Yeah, I, I thought he just had some wonderful moments and some of the best throws of the week in the in the Pittsburgh game. Like he's mm-hmm. he's had enough moments that I that I can carry this into the offseason and feel pretty good about where the Bears are quarterback wise going into going into next year. I'm glad that he is is going to be healthy enough to finish the season because um, there was I mean, He's a perfect example. And listen, I don't know what's going on in San Francisco. I don't know why Trey Lance hasn't played basically at all. Um, but he is a he is a really good example of why like live action in real games when you're facing defenses that are trying to disguise things and are are actually scheming to you, wh- why this matters. Um, and yeah, like the Cleveland game was horrible, but he's clearly taken things away from it. Um, the the Pittsburgh game was was phenomenal, and he made three or four just spectacular throws in that thing. And so. You know, this this will be another step for him. It's it, it's great to get more experience against Green Bay. It is a, it is obviously it's a challenging defense, but he needs to play. Um, yeah. And one of the other things that we saw from Fields, and I'm not listen, I'm not recommending him as a like you're in the playoffs in fantasy. You should start Justin Fields. I'm not saying that, but um, they did have a few actual designed run options for him um, in his in his most recent games, which is going to be a key to his fantasy value, right? You have to like you think of that fourth down touchdown that he that he had a few weeks ago that was just like probably the best thing that I've seen a Bears quarterback do in my lifetime right like he's got he's got some special traits for sure and he's just got to get reps so we're having this discussion um it's tough to play quarterback in Chicago there isn't really this long history of great Bears quarterbacks there's some oh pretty good ones some ones that have been there at the helm with great teams is it the weather, especially which way where the stadium is located off the lake? Maybe that has something to do with it. Is it the organization, the fact that it's been the Hallis slash McCaskey family for such a long time? What makes it about Chicago that they can't get a decent quarterback? Yeah, we're not we're not talking about ownership that is necessarily like on the on the cutting edge of no. <laughs> of, of no. NFL offense and and scheme and whatnot. And they're they've been they've been super loyal to some executives. Um, it's yeah, it's frustrating. They also like when they landed, you know, whatever you think of Jay Cutler, um, huge talent, right? Huge arm. And it's right. crazy that Jay Cutler never had a 4,000 yard season in Chicago. Um, right. A little bit of it was, you know, just bad luck with injuries, but like, like you can have a bad season and finish with 4,200 passing yards. Like that happens all the time. There'll be 10 guys that do it this year, right? Like it just happens all the time. Um, they, they surrounded him with kick returners, you know, like yeah. they, they they brought Jake, you know, old grievance of mine, whatever. I'm an I'm an ancient human, but like they brought him to Chicago, paid him, and then gave him Devin Hester and Johnny Knox, and like what, like like what the hell's gonna do? Um, he did have Brandon later, Marshall though. I mean, obviously they later gave him Brandon Marshall. If you put like that one season together with with McNown and and uh, 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 Cutler, like you can get to four thousand yards, right? Like they had a decent quarterbacking and and receiving season under under Tressman, um, but it's. Like it's maddening. Um, the the team record for passing yards in a season is is held by Eric Kramer. It's it's third. It's like three thousand eight hundred and thirty eight yards. I think I should get a tattoo of it. Like it's crazy. It's a It's the franchise is a thousand years old, and the 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 single season passing record is thirty eight hundred yards. That's unbelievable. It's funny. We did uh, so last year during uh, the sports shutdown part uh, section of COVID. We had to, you know, scramble for some ta- uh, content. And one of the things we would do is an all-time draft. We do a draft. Like one year, it's the all-time oh. Bears franchise quarterback. Trying to, and I, we did it with Jeff Manns too. And he's a big Bears fan. And so it's list myself and Manns and trying to come up with three quarterbacks to make this team. I mean, he just took McMahon out of just like sentimental uh, belief. You know, there's Cutler, who is 
and it was McMahon, and then yeah, I mean, you have to go old Sid Luckman. Like you legitimately basically. have to go Sid Luckman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was wild, but uh, you know, Cleveland's in a similar boat, really. Um, you know, oh. and I they're also on the east part of a lake. I don't know, maybe there's something to that. I don't know, but <laughs> with all the lake effect, winds and snow, uh, that that's what made me think of that because like Green Bay is super, just as cold. Haven't has that hasn't had that problem. Uh, but they also no. are they're situated west of the lake. Well, geography. Yeah, no, they've been hogging all the quarterbacks my entire life, except except when I was really little and they got stuck with Lynn Dickey. But other than that, it's been Lynn it's Dickey been... would be like the, the Bears' second best quarterback, by the yeah. way. Yeah, <laughs> you would. You're right. You're right. Magic and probably number five. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, it, it, it's wild. Hey, uh, one more quick note before we uh, continue learning more about Andy. Uh, Thrive is back for another season of fantasy football, and they're running huge guaranteed contests each week this NFL season. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today and get a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you can claim your free Rotowire subscription. One, visit rotowire.com thrive. Two, deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Three, play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month Roto-Wire subscription. It's just that easy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Big thanks to Thrive. Big thanks to the Blue Wire Network for hosting our podcast constantly. Uh, my guest is Andy Behrens, who went to the University of Iowa. And despite that, it's a very nice guy. Actually, the perception is everyone from Iowa is a really nice guy, except when I grew up in the Big Ten, it was Hayden Fry, this ornery son of a gun that would run up the score <laughs> against my school all the time. We didn't hurt your boys too bad, did we? We'll paint the locker room pink and all that. So I, I'm yeah. kind of like, I'm the one person that doesn't think I was all that nice and all that. But uh, it's like, you know, there's, there's, this, there's this perception. Iowa, Nebraska, they're so nice. 
I don't. Yeah, think so. anybody. It's funny. Anybody who anybody who went to school like in the in the eighties, early nineties, in your opinion, like in the Big Ten, in your opinion of of their program was shaped by either Hayden Fry or you know George Raveling, right? When they had right. like a hyper competitive basketball team, you you probably feel differently than you do now. Like Kirk right. Ferentz seems like everybody's grandfather, and nobody nobody really has strong opinions about Kirk Ferentz except they don't know why why he can't stop running the ball on second and ten. But other than that, like nobody has nobody he has like to a hire bad another opinion son. of Kirk. He needs one more yeah. uh, re relative on his coaching <laughs> yeah. staff, but yeah, whatever. That's okay. That's fine. No, <laughs> we're all we're all full up on Ferentz's. We're 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 past capacity. He's got a nice capacity to get, add uh, lifetime extensions on top of lifetime extensions. So there's oh that gosh. too. Uh, but uh, you know that was wild. I, there was like a three-year period in the NFL when every time a coaching job um, opened up, Kirk Ferentz got five more years. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Uh, they they manage to crank out the tight ends like nobody's business. It is the tight end factory. Why? How's that happen? Um, some of it is just the history of success, right? So you do yeah. occasionally get get players who are like legitimate buzzy recruits at the position. Um, Tony Moyaki comes to mind. CJ Fedorowicz went there, and they were like yep. legit recruits. But the, I think the biggest part of the success story, and um, it, so last year in Super Bowl week, you know, uh, opportunities pop up to to interview certain players, and, and George Kittle was making the rounds. Um, I think he was he had a, a partnership with Gatorade. He was talking to different folks, and everybody behind the scenes at Yahoo knew that if George Kittle is talking to us, I am definitely talking to him, right? So I had you know ten minutes with Kittle, and I, I you know basically turned it into a uh, an Iowa marketing campaign, and we were talking about um, his experience at Iowa, and it was like I. I think it really explained why they're so why they're why they're so uniquely good at churning out tight ends and linemen, right? It's such a and every, if you're a Big Ten fan, you kind of know this. They're such a developmental program, right? Like they, I was not landing five stars. They're not they're not in on the same guys that Alabama's in on. They're not in on the same guys that Ohio State's in on. They they get two stars and three stars and they develop, right? And they've had such an effective strength training program for so long under Ferentz. Um, like Kittle showed up on campus as, you know, they offered him, um, but they like, he was a, I think he was a preferred walk on like his first year, right? He was a 180 right. pound receiver who probably not quite fast enough to play receiver in the big 10. And basically they, they developed him, you know, they added 50 pounds of muscle and developed him into an all pro. And by the time, and that's also why, you know, you can look back at George Kittle's career and you're like, Oh my God, how did they not unlock that guy? They had George Kittle for all that time. And you know, he was never the leading receiver as well. It's because they, you know, they developed him for, for years and turned him into the, to the pro that he is. So they've, they've just always had no matter, no matter who's in charge of the weight room, they've just always had a great strength and, uh, and conditioning development program. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's true. Although they're, have been some other things that happened under the uh, strength training program further right. down the road. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, that I, it, no, it's, it's like to, a big open question for the program right now, actually is, yeah. is, um, what this is going to look like in the aftermath of all that, because it's, right. uh, he, I, he had to go, right. Like you can't, yeah. you know, you can't, you can't keep that culture in your, in your locker room, but the, but he also turned a bunch of guys <laughs> into NFL prospects. Um, it's kind of so like, so see. I grew up in Indiana and I always had the whole Bobby Knight conundrum. He's yes. a good coach, but he's an unredeeming human being. And but he's yeah. a good coach, but no, no, he's eh, not so much anymore. Uh, and you know, that, that, that was a reckoning I had to deal with as well. So I, I, I feel you on that a little bit there. You kind of went through that. So how did you go from graduating from Iowa, becoming a screenwriter and you've actually had a, You've had a movie. You have a movie. Tell everybody about that for the seven people that don't already know that. Yeah, I uh, at, at the time I had been I had been freelancing for ESPN, so I was doing a lot of freelance sports writing, both in Chicago and and a little bit of national stuff. And uh, somebody somebody reached out to me, ran like just random email. Um, and I was still at a point in my career where I was just anybody who wanted me to write anything, I was saying yes, right? Like, and mm -hmm. especially if they're going to pay me for anything, of course I was saying yes. Uh, and they were from a company that is called a book packager, which is basically um, someone who uh, is basically an outfit that works between writers and uh, publishing houses. Right. And they and they conceive of book ideas and they go find writers for them to execute them. So I had an email from somebody who had like basically a two page summary of a, of a notion uh, that became ultimately it became the movie Sex Drive. 
which, okay. um, wow, talk about a film that you could not make today, right? Um, yeah. You absolutely could not make it today. Um, but, you know, they, they gave me a little summary of what that book would be. And I was like, sure, uh, yes, I'll write sample chapters for that. And, and so I ended up, I ended up writing a, a young adult novel off of that and wrote a couple more um, with that, uh, with that company. And they'd basically, before I'd turned in the, the, you know, first uh the first draft of uh of what became that movie they'd already they'd already sold the movie right i didn't have anything to do with that right like okay and once it once they'd sold the movie rights they were like thank you for your time and effort um you, you know i barely i barely had any input beyond that but um it was fun, super fun to be super fun to be part of um fun to fun to go to a film premiere that you're you know tangentially involved in so that was it was a cool experience very cool how'd you turn that into a fantasy sports writing career <laughs> well, I was already I was already writing for ESPN at the time. Uh, at so how did you get that then stuff. first? We'll, yeah, we'll, at the we'll time I was doing back. stuff with page two and page three. Page three. Um, well, I had I had been writing locally um, as a, a you know freelance sports writer mostly for uh, a handful of uh, weeklies in Chicago, the Chicago Reader. I'd been writing for New City Chicago and. One of the editors who I actually knew from way back in the day at, at Iowa at, at New City. Um, Man, that was a million years ago. There, uh, they no longer exist. Uh, mm -hmm. He was hired by ESPN, and so I was one of his local contacts, right? And he was like, "Oh, I can bring some writers on board, and I'll throw some work to Andy." And uh, I'm, you know, grateful to him for that because it got me, you know, it got me basically on the same page as. I mean, that page two back in the day was just—it was wild, right? Like it was Bill yeah. Simmons, and it was it was Hunter S. Thompson, and I like I'd get on email chains with these guys, and that was that was stupid. Um, that was that was really fun. So I was doing a little bit of uh, doing a little bit of uh, you know I would do local features, um, handful of local. I did something. I followed the band Journey around Wrigley Field and did on a night that they were performing the the seventh inning stretch. Did a story on that. That was really fun, and the, the stories did reasonably well. So. Uh, I, I was just writing sports features for them for a long time and was actively playing fantasy already. Uh, so it was it was pretty natural to to reach out to the fantasy side. And I did a little bit of basketball for them. Um, I, I want to say that I was the. Is this right? I was the Montreal Expos. They used to have team correspondence on the fantasy page. Right. And I think I wrote the Montreal Expos page. I think Carabelle let me write the Expos page. So I did that nice. during the during Rocky Biddle's reign of terror. So I had, you know, I was, I was kept a foot in fantasy. And then, uh, and then when Brandon left for Yahoo, uh, I, I started talking to him and uh, been there ever since. That's amazing. You know, it's funny, Eric Carabell has opened up opportunities for lots of people. Uh, he's, an, he's one of those awesome, awesome guys. Uh, he uh, got me on television. Uh, listen, I did uh, the Fancy 350 on ESPN News. We'd be on with Brian Kinney or Michael Kim, and we'd oh, be on awesome. for ten minutes. And they would let us kind of drive a lot of the content. Although Brian, with Brian and Michael both would engage, but sometimes we were with other hosts. But in the case of Brian, like he, you know, he got into it. He got into, it. and obviously, you see him on MLB Network, and he's way into sabermetrics, and we, he does a sabermetric friendly league and all that. And one of the just really nice guy, though. But. Uh, it was all started because Eric wanted some help and he brought Chris and I aboard and that was pretty cool. Now, Eric, Eric opens a lot of doors for people basically is what I'm yeah, getting at here. Yeah. Super, super nice guy. Yeah. Uh, when did you start playing? What was your first league? Oh man. Um, well, we, we tried to launch one when I was in college, but we got it all wrong. Right. We, yeah. we, um, we spent an entire day basically at drafting every NFL position and coming up with scoring for it and the league was a nightmare to run. Um, oh, no. and, uh, I thought like, I, yeah, it, that, that was just absolutely terrible. Like it was legitimately, it was like a 12 hour draft or a 13 hour draft or something like that. We got, got the scoring terrible. I think it ended in controversy, but then my first, like the, the first leagues that I was really committed to and actually functioned well were, um, early nineties. And I was, I was working at the time, uh, at a, uh, you know, corporate job out in the burbs, a great group of guys, really fun league. And I, I think the reason that I became fantasy obsessed in the first place is that I just could not conquer it. Like I would have, I, you know, typical fantasy story, great teams each year. Um, I, I think I made the, I think I made the, our Super Bowl like three straight years, lost it in heartbreaking fashion every year. I lost it the the worst, and I forget if this was like ninety four or ninety five. Um, Monday night championship week. I have I have an utterly insurmountable lead. I have like a sixty sixty five point lead. Um, it, he has two guys left, 
and they are like I can I name them? St- yeah. Billy Volick and Drew Bennett. Oh no, it's not it's not that year. It's he has Steve Young and Jerry Rice on Monday night against oh. Minnesota. Um and I'm I'm just I'm just talking smack all all day. I'm gloating, I'm planning the parade. Oh, no. I'm literally going to have a parade around this like <laughs> warehouse at this company. I'm so excited for like I'm finally winning this damn league. And then um I think I know that Rice finished with almost 300 yards, right? He had oh, like no. 290 <laughs> yards and maybe and maybe a 10 yard run and like three touchdowns. And Steve Young accounted for, you know, it was some stupid passing total that that never happened then. It was 400 yards, something like that. So he he finishes with like four touchdowns. I lose by a lot. I somehow lose by, you know, records are set in the league that night. I lose by a ton. And I, if I didn't call in sick, I at least thought about it. <laughs> That's so funny. You know, that you, you, you see, you hear those stories all the time too. The, you know, and this is why we do chances to win on Monday with the, and we talk about the airplane test, you know, you know, the, the odds of, you know, dying in an airplane accident are so infinitesimal, you know, it's like, get on that airplane. You're fine. You're safe. But you know, every <laughs> once in a while you think you have an airplane test worthy uh, margin. You don't. And that was one of them there for you. But yeah. uh, that's funny. What's your uh, best, type of sport what, what's your best type of format whether it's fancy football fancy baseball what do you think at, when you, you like what draft do you think i'm automatically one of the favorites when we play this type of draft or in this type of league oh that's a that's a really interesting question um almost any time almost any time i'm in a league with and i don't know i'm in the i guess i'm in the fishbowl playoffs so it's working out okay almost any time we're in a league with quirky scoring i'm i'm the guy who shows up to the draft and knows it's stone cold um, okay. So the weirder the scoring system, the the better I'm almost certainly going to do. And I'm certainly going to draft well, right? Like uh, the, the closer we get, you know, the closer we get to the the settings that we all rank for, um, you know, I'm, I'm probably on, uh, uh, you know, not, not, maybe I'm a little bit better than your standard hometown league, but I'm, I'm closer to, to being on equal footing. But if we're in a really quirky league, you can rest assured that I, that I know all of the settings and it doesn't like that can be super flex. That can be point for first down. It could be all sorts of things. I'm going to know the settings showing up. I don't have to ask questions when we're in the draft room. You're like, you're the guy when it comes to the poker game, like, don't, let's not play hold them. Let's play a uh, pot limit Omaha. You know, let's do it. You know, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Pot limit Omaha eight. Yeah. Let, we'll do that. Let's, let's add another wrinkle here and then we'll call it, you know, it'll, it'll be a rotating game. Yeah. We'll do that. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's cool. I like that. Uh, how many, so, is is football or baseball your best sport? Is or, or is it is it is it basketball for that matter? Um, my best uh, fantasy, fantasy sport, sport, real yeah. life sport. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's probably it's probably football. Um, I'm okay. I'm also kind of built for the daily grind of a lot of baseball leagues, and I enjoy that. Like it, Me that too. doesn't like you know I don't I don't hit July and I'm burned out and I can't do it anymore. Um, but I yeah, it's it's probably football. I I enjoy I, like. Fun format where you can, you know, I, I think people know this. Anybody watching this show or listening to this show knows it. Like, you just need to be right about a handful of big things in football. You don't need to. There's such different sports from baseball. Like, you need right. to nail a bunch of. So you need a bunch of small edges in baseball. In football, you needed to get the Cooper Cup versus Robert Woods question right, or you need, you know, you needed to get Austin Eckler right. There's like, there's like five things and no more each year that you need mm-hmm. to absolutely nail. And then you need to, you know, you need to be good on waivers. And I'm, I'm, I'm usually pretty good at both of those. I can get a couple of big things right. Um, and in football, you can get, you can get a thousand things wrong along the way. We all do. But if you get a couple of huge things right at the start of the season, you're, you're usually golden. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right about that. Uh, finally, you're actually a good athlete yourself too. You run a lot. Uh, you've d- <laughs> I, I know you you run a lot because I see you on Strava, although you may not have seen me recently. I'm not very good right now about biking, but, uh, <laughs> you know, and then your daughter is like an awesome runner too. Is this something you guys share together? Is this something you guys try, did together and then that got her love for running or how'd that work out? I am, I am an active athlete. I don't know if I'm a good athlete. I do run a lot. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, yeah, I do that. I've got a, got a marathon coming up in uh, April. I do, I do enjoy distance running. It's like, it's like my podcast time, right? It's, uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's actually relatively productive time for me. Um, Ella got, I mean, my daughter, by, by the time she was in junior high was, was, was so good. Um, and like she, you know, there were, there's probably a moment there when we could have run a 5k in similar times, but then she surpassed me so quickly once she got to high school, it would have been, a, it would have 
it would have been humiliating for me. It wouldn't have done anything for her, right? She would have been like, of course I beat this old man. Um, so there was a, it was a very short window when we could have done it. The only things that we, the only times that we'll really run together are like turkey trot season. We both take the turkey trot super seriously. Um, and so we'll do, we'll do that together and I'll try to yeah. keep her in sight for as long as I can. Nice. Very nice. That's cool. Uh, so what do you got coming up next? I know you're, you've got the, the, the fancy forecast, the Yahoo fancy forecast. What else? Uh, you have a number of columns as well. What else do you got coming up? Yeah. Um, the biggest thing that we do and the thing that I would encourage anybody to check out is, is fantasy football live. It's our 90 minute pregame show on Sundays. We go over obviously all the actives inactives. We have a bunch of spirited debates about players. Um, any breaking news, any, any weather updates that we need to give you, um, right. really fun show, fun vibe to the show. And it's a, it's a production miracle now that we're not all in the same space, right? We have like five different people on the show and we're all in different little boxes and, they, they do a marvelous job behind the scenes. So it's a, it's a really fun show with a good vibe. It's probably my favorite part about the, uh, about the, about the football week. Nice. That's awesome. Awesome. Here. Well, Andy, I want to thank you so much for coming on board. It was, it was a pleasure to catch up with you, get to see each other usually once or twice a year. And that's been a while. It's yeah. been longer than that. So thank you for coming on board and uh, good luck in all 26 of your leagues. <laughs> Thanks, man. Great to be here. You bet. Uh, that's going to do it today for the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. We've got uh, Mario and John tomorrow, as always. Big thanks to WinBet for your exclusive gaming sponsorship. We'll be back at you again next week. Take care.